अहिंसा इज अ सामान्य धर्म नॉन इंजुरी बट विशेष धर्म ऑफ ए सोल्जर इज टू डाई ऑन द बैटल फील्ड इज टू किल एंड बी किल्ड शी इज डूइंग हिंसा राइट बट दैट हिंसा इज नॉट अधर्मा बिकॉज दैट इज अ विशेष धर्म दैट इज अ स्पेशल ड्यूटी फॉर दैट सोल्जर सो वी सो द ब्यूटी ऑफ सनातन धर्मा इज इट गिवस वेरी जेनेरिक ब्रॉड यूनिवर्सल प्रिंसिपल्स बट एट द सेम टाइम it also gives a tailor made way of contextualization of these principles as applicable to different people in different situations this will be a conversation in a dialogue format uh, i have read the book samanya dharma and i have framed certain questions for nitin ji will be asking those questions to him and uh, he'll be uh, enlightening us upon uh, this topic uh, i have the book with me uh, here it's samanya dharma it's a succinct book uh, around 100 pages but i must say uh, nitin ji you have summed it up really well and uh, so let's start from the cover page so i can see a four legged uh, bull on this cover page and uh, you know there's some uh, something written on each of the limbs of that bull so it's saucha tapas daya and satya so why only a bull and why are these terms written on it what's the significance uh, thank you rataja first of all uh, thank you for inviting me i'm always happy to appear on uh, sangam talks uh, so an uh, interesting question i mean uh, a lot of people are not aware but uh, uh just as a cow has a very important place in uh, hindu tradition uh, and culture likewise the bull also has a very important role and and this bull the symbol of metaphor of bull has been always associated with dharma just as uh, cow is associated with bhumi in the puranas we have this uh, story of prithvi uh, you know prithu raja prithu and all. there are a lot of stories are there wherein uh, in the uh, the prithvi itself you know the earth bhumi itself takes up the form of uh, a cow to when she runs away you know that, that there is a whole story i won't go into there but just as uh, cow is associated with uh, bhumi dharma is associated with bull the bull is a representative of dharma because in a sense just uh, uh, the the comparison is striking because we have a, a very particular notion of uh, um, marriage in hindu uh, philosophy hindu culture and that notion is here also the the role of the husband in the hindu household according to the shastric perspective is that of protection protection of the wife protection of the children and protection of everyone so dharma is what protects the earth protects bhumi so that is why the bull represents dharma whereas the cow represents bhumi bhumi is the whole existence you can say and uh, uh, how we are living and uh, dharma by definition is uh, that which upholds that which protects and uh, so on and so forth um so basically why this bull there are specific references for example in uh, varah purana i think i have included a, a prayer in the very beginning of the book uh, it's uh, to the bull of dharma from varah purana wherein uh, you know it specifically speaks about 
bull shaped one with four feet four horns three eyes seven hands and three joints so it's specifically calling uh, dharma as one who is a bull and then there is a about why those particular just um, shaucha tapas daya and satya on the legs of uh, bull is uh, it has to do with the story in i think it is in bhagavat purana if i am not mistaken uh, it is story of raja parikshit uh, on the just uh, you know before the dawn of uh, the kaliva uh, when you know after the mahabharata war everything was over i think it was uh, parikshit's time so he was uh, roaming around he had he uh, whole earth was under his uh, uh, rule and he saw that there is some person um, who is mercilessly beating uh, a cow okay and uh, mercilessly beating a cow and i think a bull was also injured he was mercilessly beating them and uh, the three legs of the bull were already broken and only it was standing with great difficulty with one single leg and that bull was dharma and that person who was beating was kali purusha you know the personification of kali yuga that we are currently living in so there the enunciation says that what are the four legs of this bull of dharma they are shaucha tapas daya and satya and in the satya yuga in the krita yuga wherein uh, dharma is said to be standing on four legs so there the dharma is in full fledged force there adharma is in a, in the background uh, but dharma is completely standing on all the four legs fully stable it stands on these four legs shaucha tapas daya and satya because these are all universal principles universal uh, qualities universal uh, values which uphold this existence and with each yuga passing as we move from a ideal state to de- degenerated state so when satyayoga passes one leg is cut off so this is a metaphorical story to say that in today's time only the dharma stands on only satya every other leg of the bull has been cut so it is not that today we don't need to practice shaucha or tapas or daya it is that that the nature of the society today is that you can you can see that there is hardly any shaucha i mean uh, uh the the standard of shaucha for example very good simple example i will give is if you read the shastras for example dharma shastra and all wherein they give the ideals how to live and all it simply to today's mind you know post colonial uh, you know colonial uh, colonized society for us the uh, people like us it appears completely outdated the reason it appears outdated is that it is simply we feel that it is impractical impossible it speaks not much about those texts it speaks much about ourselves that our uh, capacity has reduced so we we cannot practice this shaucha whatever reasons we may give the shaucha we are practicing or we are able to practice is just a, a very small portion of what the ideal is similarly tapas if you read itihasa uh, puranas mahabharata or what any other even in mahabharata for example the kind of tapas uh, say for example arjuna did you know to gain his uh, uh, knowledge of you know the weapons and everything even that kind of tapas we are unable to do forget about all the vedic rishis who did millions of years of tapas i mean now people will say those are all made up stories so that doesn't matter let us forget that even the kind of tapas uh, 
even our ancestors 300 years back the kind of tapas they did we are unable to do today so tapas is another leg that is weakened today it is only very few people here and there are can do daya there is less said the better there is hardly any daya in the world right so <laughs> i don't need to actually enunciate so satya is still there again that is also in a weakened condition but still there there are still people there are still we all value truth uh, to some extent though we all uh, lie through our teeth every other day but still we value satya as a whole still we teach children be truthful so this so this this is the basic criteria i mean basically this bull is a representation of sanatana dharma in a as a whole you can say but most importantly representation of dharma as a principle uh, dharma as a, something um, you know especially the universal the ethical principles which are applicable to everyone and i think we will be asking more questions uh, about w- w- which are universal principles which are not so i will not go into that right now you can uh, ask me next question so let's go into the- the book now and uh, you explained the chaturveda purushartha uh, theory uh, in the book and wherein you say that the principle of dharma must act as a guiding force to pursue kama and artha so why do you say so because you know nowadays a common perception is that uh, uh, someone who is dharmic uh, he should must not be attached to kama or artha <laughs> this is uh, usually how we take this so uh, why do you say so see i think uh, 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 the reasoning is uh, not very clear to me but over the last many centuries or at least few decades uh, we have developed uh, i think perhaps it has to do with the socialist mindset in the post uh, independence world that uh, pursuit of uh, artha and kama is opposite to pursuit of dharma and that is what a conventional understanding is which is actually incorrect understanding because uh, we as a civilization have always that the very reason why we have this notion of chaturvira purushartha is because uh, there are four purusharthas purushartha means that which gives artha or meaning to our life that is which is the purpose of our life which which uh, through which we attain fulfillment of our life and our our acharyas our rishis have Uh, enunciated how there are four such broad categories or four such broad uh, goals so to speak that gives meaning to us the dharma artha kama and moksha dharma refers to these um, ethical and uh, responsibility aspects especially dharma gives dharma uh, refers to that which gives you punyam the spiritual or otherworldly merit so to speak or uh, karmic merit you know the there is no proper translation i can say for the punyam papam and all basically karmic merit is punyam that is what dharma gives artha gives you material prosperity you know security and uh, food shelter and such basic things and uh, artha also has to do with power and that we often forget there is a reason why artha shastra is called as artha shastra because it 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 artha shastra scope is completely state power and state administration but artha is usually translated as wealth artha is not just wealth it is also power so artha is is uh, fulfills our uh, the importance of power power is important in our life so that that is why that is also one of the purushartha then there is kama 
our desires that we need to fulfill we have so many desires you know uh, we are not a desire negating civilization however we are not also a uh, civilization which recklessly pursue desire uh, you know the way uh, the perversion happened in the last few decades that we see in the modern urban areas even today in india but more in the west we are not that civilization also we are the civilization who wants to pursue artha and kama in a restrained and a regulated manner in a such a manner that there is no negative consequences of this purushartha because our ultimate goal is moksha which is ultimate knowledge is moksha the liberation from this bondage of life cycle and death okay that ultimate goal is always there in the mind but most of the 99.99% will not be achieving moksha in this life that is also a fact so it is idiotic to think that all of us will take up sanyasa and become uh, you know renunciates and achieve no that is not there renunciation is there for only a small set of small percentage of people who are ready for it who have certain qualities that needed to take it especially the dispassion but not all of us have it so what will what should we do 99% of the population we have to follow this chaturvedha purushartha wherein the ultimate goal is dharma uh, moksha but to reach there over we have to work through many lifetimes so what does working through the there means to fulfill your desires fulfill your uh, desire uh, akama or desire in the sense of artha but through dharma you fulfill it you dharma you fulfill it why a very simple example again you want to may become rich there are two ways to do it you can earn money in a you know you can join a job you can do a business and earn money or you can just uh, you know loot somebody loot a bank or loot a temple you know magale idol temple the temple like lot of people are doing right so both are means of earning money though both can be called as artha but both do not gives similar results in the sense while they both can give you money but they in the in in, in the case of if you are looting and uh, doing such things ultimately not only that the law catches up and you will end up in prison most probably but even if you manage to uh, prevent going you know uh, to prison your karma catch up is with you so the doctrine of karma is central to hindu dharma our world view whatever action you do you will get its result there is a verse in one of the puranas which says even if million years happen whatever you action to good or bad it will never go waste it will always give you fruit if you do good action what is good what is bad what is dharma is good what is adharma is bad dharma by definition is that which gives you sukha punyam and sukha punya is karmic merit the result of that merit is that you will get happiness sukha and ultimately it will also uh, help you to move towards moksha because the more and more righteously you would do the more and more your mind your chitta will be purified so you become slowly over the many lifetimes you became uh, purified enough to uh, follow this uh, uh, path of vedanta follow the path to moksha in a more serious manner so dharma is the key it connects artha and kama on one hand and moksha on the other hand and it ensures that we are able to fulfill our desires be it for power be it for anything else in a way that its harmful effects are removed 
it's 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 a it's a kind of a, a cushion that uh, that is given to you kind of a protection net that is given to you look you want to for example uh, uh in our tradition marriage is not just a contract marriage is not just uh, two people uh, having uh, you know it's that yeah the, the the all the love the romance the sparkles all there okay fine but it is not just that it is much more than that it the three pillars of marriage is dharma praja and rati rati is takes care of the love and etc but there are two more pillars one is praja which is uh, bringing on offsprings you know having children the other is dharma grihastha ashrama dharma we call it right the grihastha dharma the uh, duty of a householder what is that why is it is called as dharma because see look we all have this desire sexual desire desire for life partners desire to um, have a safe and secure life with somebody to be with us somebody to share our dreams and you know all these things what is the best way to do it in which the in which the uh, what is the safest way in which the negative consequences are less and positive aspects are more that is what is marriage is all now you can say that today a lot of marriages are problematic today a lot of marriages uh, have broken down the society have broken down there are a lot of divorces there are domestic violence that is all true yet you will see in the final analysis indian society even today is much better compared to for example a western society where the marriage has completely broken down now there is an attempt to break down this marriage system completely even in india because uh, see you do not cut the head if there is a headache you take a uh, some medicine to rectify the headache right so if there are see all institutions have problems see because the source of the problem is human we are all afflicted by problems we are all afflicted by inner impurities you know uh, like kama krodha mada loba you know the, all these things that are say the jealousy hatred and all those things we are the problem so institutions become corrupted by this the solution is not that to you cut off the institution which is otherwise working well overall right so you have to design solutions to ensure that the problems are removed so i think i digressed a bit uh, yeah you can no no uh, you summarized it very well and uh, you know dharma is the key to whether karma arth or moksha so uh, coming to our next question so how would you define dharma so this is a very ambiguous term so for our layman audience for us uh, how would you define dharma okay okay so the book i wrote to answer these kind of questions i would really encourage everyone to read the book but i will read few definitions from the book itself and briefly explain them so that uh, uh, it is useful to them the most basic definition the term itself the dharma comes you know etymologically also it means dharayati iti dharma that which upholds that which holds together is dharma in mahabharata krishna says in karana parva dharana dharma mityahu dharmo dharayate prajah so dharma is that which upholds that which holds together everything that which sustains everything dharma upholds everything dharayate dharana means that which holds together that which bears the burden of everything that is the most basic definition and similar definition is given in even the shruti 
द मानारायण उपनिषद से धर्मो विश्वस्य जगतः प्रतिष्ठा लोके धर्मिष्ठा प्रजा उपसर्पन्ति धर्मेण पापम अनुदति धर्मे सर्वं प्रतिष्ठितं तस्मा धर्मं परमं वदन्ति धर्म इज टू बी द मोस्ट ग्रेट परमं वै इट अपहोल्ड्स द होल यूनिवर्स विश्वस्य जगतः प्रतिष्ठा इट सस्टेन्स द होल कॉस्मोस एंड इट रिमूव्स ऑल सिन्स पापम अनुदति ऑल अधर्मा ऑल सिन्स इट इज रिमूव्ड बाय धर्मा फॉर एग्जांपल sin now for example if you speak lies if you are speaking lies falsehood it is a a papam sin has a very christian baggage so when i use sin i do not mean the christian version of sin i mean simply the karmic demerit or adharma or papa falsehood is papam how do you prevent doing that you just speak the truth that is the easiest way right so and more importantly if you are doing dharma it causes chitta shuddhi that is the purification of the mind and hence it prevents uh, one from doing uh, uh, papam even in future see this is a slow process it's not aaj soch liya i'll do i'll speak uh, truth tomorrow i become enlightened it's not like that it's a slow process very very difficult process but this is the process and there is no other way to go so uh, uh, the, the, that is why dharma is that which upholds and it this upholding is a see the beauty of shastra is it gives a very abstract definition wherein it can be contextualized to mean different things in different situations in the context of the cosmos we can speak about dharma as that which upholds the whole universe you know the all the various ways the universe exists how the different objects in the universe functions different worlds function all of them is upheld by dharma but who is this dharma it is bhagwan itself it is ishvara itself because upanishad say yato va bhutani jayante that from which the universe has arise that in which the universe exists and into which that universe dissolves is that brahman know that as brahman so unit brahman is dharma that ishvara is dharma but in a individual level in you and me level because that is what we are interested in right what does it mean so there is another definition given in vaisheshika sutra which says yato abhyudaya nishreyasa siddhi ta dharma very simple definition what is dharma that is dharma which gives siddhi that which gives accomplishment of abhyudaya nishreyasa abhyudaya is all the attainments in this world materialistic attainments artha and kama nishreyasa dharma and moksha but nishreyasa can be given only for moksha that all spiritual attainments the ultimate goal spiritual goal but abhyudaya is all dharma artha kama all three of so basically it means that if you are traveling the path of dharma you are safe you will be able to fulfill all your desires in a safe manner you may still feel sorrow why because because of your previous actions from previous lives but now you are ensuring that your next lives are better you will be uh, getting the fruits of your austerity now in the future that future may be tomorrow that future may be next life both is possible it's not limited to just the next life 
So dharma is that. I gave the example of that earning money, right? You rob a bank, ultimately karma will catch up with you and you will suffer. Today you may become a crorepati by looting and corrupting and everything, but you will fall. Now we have so many examples today. Of, I don't want to take names, big big uh, names who have fallen, but there are others who have not fallen in this life, but they will face the consequences in next life if not this. But on the other hand, those who pursue their desires within the confines of dharma, by following the prescriptions of shastra to the best of their ability and by surrender to Ishwara, then they will be saved. Then they will be even, uh, you know, they will, the result of that uh, righteous path, so to speak, will be punyam, sukha, happiness. So you, that happiness will is ensured. So that is one of the most basic definition and most important definition of uh, uh, dharma. And now there are many different definitions. I have given other definitions also. But one more definition, I think this may follow into, uh, I want to just uh, take up. Is there is another definition which is given in um, Mimamsa Sutra, wherein it is said, Chodana Lakshano Dharma. Dharma is that which is prescribed by Shruti, that is Veda. So that comes to the different uh, aspect of the question, uh, wherein how do we know what is Dharma and what is not Dharma? So, uh, Nithinji, let us rewind a bit. Uh, you said that dharma is something which upholds all beings, right? So, uh, you know, when we say that uh, uh, preservation of dharma or, uh, you know, dharma sansthapana, so are we doing a fundamental mistake in understanding the concept of dharma? Uh, not really, because uh, the Shastas also say dharma rakshati rakshitaha. So, when we are speaking about preservation, re-establishment and all, what we are merely saying is that we want to protect dharma so that dharma will indirect, in turn protect us. What is protecting dharma means? See, dharma does not need protection in the sense that uh, dharma is not a human person, right? Protecting dharma means practicing dharma. Our, uh, our acharyas, our rishis, our shastras have given this knowledge of dharma to us to protect us. But to let the dharma to protect us, we have to practice it, right? I mean, for example, I say, no, no, I know, I think there is a, uh, I, I will say that, no, no, I know that Shastra says uh, speaking truth is dharma, but speaking lie, falsehood is adharma, but I will speak falsehood only then the truth will not be able to protect us because we are not practicing it. So it is not incorrect, so to speak, that we need to establish dharma in the society because what we are merely saying is, is we are understanding the fact that dharma is hardly being practiced in the society. So we need to re-establish practice of dharma so that overall the society's quality of life improves. In every way, in every sort of, there is a abhyudaya nishreyasa, so that overall as a society, we work towards that abhyudaya nishreyasa, overall well-being of the individual, of the society and of the cosmos as a whole. Because we are all part of this, we are inseparable part of this cosmos. The first teaching that the Dharma Shastras give, for example, in the Manu Dharma Shastra, the Manusmriti, the first chapter, you know, some people may find it interesting. In fact, uh, the, the Western scholars have said the first chapter is interpolation. Because the first chapter speaks about cosmology, cosmogony. How does the creation happen? 
how did all the beings come to creation and all those things what they don't understand is this is there for a particular reason a very important reason in our day to day life we live a very anthropocentric uh, life what does anthropocentric uh, life means anthropocentric life means that we uh, we think that we are the center of everything for our benefit everything can be exploited you know that is a that is a very specific result of industrialization colonization that we and uh, what stands for modernity the heart of modernity, modernity is uh, anthropocentricity that we think that the whole nature and everything is for our exploitation so that we can use it as a resource but the shastra is uh, having this manusmriti has the first chapter as cosmogony it speaks about srishti how different kinds of worlds were created how different kinds of beings were created and humans are not just not the only beings right there are different worlds different beings gandharvas and all so many things are it is trying to put us in place so to speak that look you are not the center of the world you are just one of the created beings you are one of the manifestations you are one of the push yes you are not a sinful being like the abrahamic say you have the divine spark in you but so do other beings so don't let get carried away know your proper place and work for the benefit of the world you are inseparable part of the universe but you are not the universe yourself so that is the shastra teaching to us that that is what is needed because without this mindset uh, we will think that what is this what is the shastra throw away this book today we have constitution that is shastra these are the uh, uh, idiotic so to speak sorry for the language but these are the highly uh, unfounded shallow thoughts that we are having because we think that our shastra is just a book it is just a book written by somebody outdated and not needed today there is where we are making a mistake the dharma that is being given to us giving revealed to us so to speak by the rishis and others is not uh, something it is for our benefit it is not a story book or some thesis written being written today uh, left right and center right so these are we have to understand that these are for our benefit we need to understand our role we are one we are inseparable part of the universe but we are still a part we are not the entirety of universe itself knowing this reality then we can think that how we can contribute to society contribute to the universe as a whole and then comes the dharma because when you are in alignment with the universal scheme then you will be happy when you are out of alignment then you will be sorrow so dharma is in alignment with the universe adharma is all that is in not in alignment universe and dharma and adharma will themselves do not come and say that i am dharma i am adharma you know the actions in the human context is purely actions then manusmriti says that uh, for the sake of discriminating between two different kinds of actions bhagwan created two kinds of actions one is dharmic actions one is adharmic actions so it is shastra which tells us that this is dharma this is adharma i and you cannot decide this is dharma the i and you at west what we can do based on the teachings of the shastras we can see what is applicable to our life our work situation what is not and how we can apply it because shastra gives a very generic broad perspective so to speak that is applicable to everyone or 
particular uh, groups of people but the, at the individual level we have to take the call what we have to do what we have to not so there is a whole process given in the shastra itself as a guidelines how to determine what is dharma in a situation that is also given you just have to understand and implement right so that answers uh, how do we define dharma and adharma so coming to our next question uh, in the title uh, you refer to uh, samanya dharma as ethical duties common to all it's not just ethics right so uh, would you just uh, will you please explain us the duty or responsibility aspect of it why do you say so yes uh, i would do i would just want to before that i would want to add one more thing uh, on uh, this uh, uh, how do we know what is dharma and adharma uh, i just want to elaborate a bit on that uh, because lot of confusions are there as i said dharma it see everybody even a even a murderer can justify himself right what he is doing i don't doing for this reason that reason everybody can justify them we all justify we all rationalize our actions so that is no big deal everybody can do it so that cannot be the basis of defining what is dharma and other right there must be a more sound basis and that basis is what veda is to begin with and then comes the smritis and then comes the itihasa puranas and the our acharya vakyas and finally what is achara you know the customary practices that is going on in our families and finally and lastly our own inner concerns our atmatrupti is what the shastra says there it says four levels four kinds of pramana or the valid sources of knowledge the fourth one is our atmatrupti not the first one this atmatrupti has to be in alignment with the shastras and the practices of our gurus and the teachings of our gurus but atmatrupti is also needed why because end of the day action is being done by me and you and whatever action i do only i will face the consequences of it good or bad since consequences is faced by me the decision is also with me so i am the most weakest link but also the most important link right so it is not that we are not a abrahamic uh, uh, civilization wherein some book says something and that is end of it no here the book what the book says is very important what the shastra says is very important but what the shastra says is not a commandment it is not a legal law you can derive laws out of it you can derive practices out of it but what the shastras gives is vidhi and nisheda what is vidhi you do this action you will get this result in a positive manner what is nisheda you if you do this action you will get negative result hence it is nisheda prohibit but doing or not doing is in our hands shastra cannot come and hold our hands or tie our hands or uh, hold our ne- by neck and say you do it or else i will kill you no so our role of shastra is as a guiding force as a as a teacher who guides the student who ta- teaches the student as a father who looks after the children and guides them holds their hands and helps them to get up but ultimately even if, if the parents are teaching the toddler to uh, you know stand up and move around it is the toddler who have to do it if the toddler says i will not do it no matter what you do it will not happen you know you can take the horse there is a proverb right you can take the horse to the water 
but you cannot put the water into his mouth it has to drink that is it's is the role of shastra so the, our our uh, culture our philosophical uh, schools give equal importance to the shastras to the custom that is achara to the practices of noble men to the practices of people uh, as uh, accomplished in the itihasa puranas for example the shri rama bhagwan krishna even arjuna and all those we learn from them as much as we learn from ravana and uh, duryodhana also what not to do from we learn from them today we have kind of uh, mixed up we are we are saying that we should not be like rama who is misogynist but we should be like ravana who is a female savior and that is the kind of arguments people are giving without understanding who rama is and without understanding who ravana was unfortunately anyway so moving on to your question um, why ethical duties dharma has two parts one is samanya dharma the other is vishesha dharma samanya dharma is this principles like tapas shaucha satya asteya etc truth uh, non injury cleanliness purity compassion these are all called as samanya dharma samanya means that which applicable to everyone all humans everyone and it is not defined by race or gender or nationality or anything it is applicable to everyone because it leads to chitta shuddhi you follow it it leads to your chitta shuddhi your purification of the mind that will help you to reach the ultimate goal but there is also vishesha dharma because you are living in a life uh, in in the world you are we are not living in some forest isolated way right so wherein we interact with each other we interact with the whole society we have we have different roles in the society we have different roles within the family so there is why vishesha dharma is given which is special tailor made uh, prescription so to speak tailor made guidelines so to speak how to live our life what are our duties there the duties aspect is coming and both are duties why they are not samanya dharma is not just ethics it is also ethical duties because these are all obligations in the sense you perform dharma then you attain uh, this punyam so there is a vidhi so there is an obligation placed upon you and you do not fulfill that obligation then you are uh, falling away from dharma that that also gives its result see if you are saying that i will not follow truth i will follow falsehood then that that has its results right for example yudhishthira all his life he spoke truth but there is the ashwatthama kunjara episode wherein he had to say that ashwatthama is dead which is you know he kind of he did not say fully falsehood but still the result of his action was that he he did not walk on the earth he actually that story is that he walked a few inches above the earth but his his feet fell on the earth because as a result of this episode so there is a consequences of karma even if when you do not follow what is prescribed as dharma that is always there so you cannot run away from dharma so it is a ethical duty in that sense because the ethics are not a, something optional so to speak these are there and uh, if for our benefit we can follow it or we may not we choose to not follow it that is fine but there is karmic element always there which gives you consequences of your action that is why there is no notion of duties added here ethical duties but 
uh, I want to uh, add here is that uh, when we think about when I said the truth is uh, the only duty or there may be situations. See, this is why Vishesha Dharma kind of contextualizes what is Samanya Dharma is saying. For example, um, Ahimsa is a Samanya Dharma, you know, non-injury. But Vishesha Dharma of a soldier is to die on the battlefield, is to kill and be killed. He is doing Himsa, right? But that Himsa is not Adharma. Because that is a Vishesha Dharma, that is a special duty for that soldier. So we so the, the, the beauty of Sanatan Dharma is it gives very generic, broad, universal principles, but at the same time, it also gives a tailor-made way of contextualization of these principles as applicable to different people in different situations. It is everything there is no one size for, you know the, the, there is no one shoes of one size that is fit for everybody we, our feet sizes are different right so our requirements our temperaments our stage in the spiritual progress is all different so keeping all these things in mind and for the well functioning of the society because society is not homogeneous the very fundamental truth recognized in hindu culture is diversity so many people so many paths so uh, there are millions of people, there are millions of parts, you can say. However, this does not mean there is only chaos. So it balances between harmony, unity, and the diversity. You singular and the multiplicity. That is why there is Samanya Dharma, there is Vishesha Dharma, and both are the Samanya Dharma is ethical duty. Duty is added to stress the point that. It is not simply an optional thing that, uh, no, if I like, I will say truth. If I don't like, I will say falsehood. It's my wish, my life. My life, I'll go on a high road, whatever I want to do. I only live once, you know. These are all the kind of language we use today. It is not like that. Because if you are following falsehood, unless that is your Vishesha Dharma in some circumstances, for example, those who are in the intelligence services, you know, the raw and uh, such spy networks, they live by falsehood. They have to. That is their Vishesh Dharma. They're the Vishesh Dharma trumps out the Samani Dharma. So they won't get any papam by doing that Vishesh Dharma because they're doing it for a greater Dharma. But in general, even in their case also, in everybody's case, you cannot say that I will say uh, live by falsehood and uh, then uh, nothing happens to us. No. There is consequences, karmic consequences. You do dharma, you get punyam and you get sukham and you get chitta, chitta shuddhi. You do papam, you get the opposite. There is more and more chitta shuddhi, more and more bondage to the world and you get papam, which is dharmic, uh, karmic demerit and as a consequence, we will be suffering, if not in this life, in the next. So, Nithinji, uh, you said uh, uh, the Samanya Dharma and Vishesh Dharma. So, I understood about Sama, what is Samanya Dharma and what is Vishesh Dharma. But, uh, like, how would you fit this into the const context of Swadharma? How was it different from that? Okay. So, you now different people will explain Swadharma in a different way. But my understanding from my limited study of the Shastras is that uh, Swadharma is a combination, a harmonious combination of Samanya Dharma and Vishesha Dharma. Because that is why these two categories are given. 
see in 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 in, in, uh, in for example in abrahamic uh, conditions on different religions you will see there is only commandments which are basically samanya dharma thou shall not lie thou shall not kill and but there is no scope for specialized vishesha dharma therein lies the problem because you cannot apply single brush on everything because life situations are very diverse so when it comes to swadharma then we have to harmonize samanya dharma with vishesha dharma for example take the example of a kshatriya a ruler of a country you know the common ethics that we apply in our day to day life does not apply to geopolitics there there is only one rule there is only one ethic protection of your people preservation of your culture of your land and abhyudaya nishreyasa of your whole praja and uh, as a part of that it is also needed that you expand your kingdom you expand your influence you take more and more territories to you all this comes so that involves lot of treachery that involves lot of violence that involves playing all kinds of dirty game that is there you have to do it because that is your vishesha dharma because you are speaking a, a rajas a, uh, a governmental heads main duty is to the well being of his people well being of his country his culture his people the whole, overall abhyudaya nishesha of his uh, people right so that means also he has the power of danda that is punishment if there is he cannot say that oh ahimsa paramo dharma then so that let me not punish everybody there is no prison in my uh, kingdom there is a funny serial i don't remember the name in hindi all they make all kinds kind of nonsense serial uh, this uh, there was this serial of some ideal kingdom without any army there is so good people there is no army all are good people in the society and then there is a evil person who is trying to uh, you know misuse it and attack that kingdom see these are all nonsensical ideas because they have no understanding of neither shastras or culture because they are portraying it in a civilizational culture which is hindu this is not hindu culture our hindu culture is that the duty of a ruler is to punish the wicked and protect the righteous right so that is his duty and towards that end he has to do lot of things for example i gave you the example of spy network you know that is most if you read kautilya and arthashastra you will understand how important it is that so we need to very understand very much have this clarity in mind when it comes to swadharma we need to ask ourselves each of us first of all there is the ethical aspect we need to understand what are the ethical aspects the second is where are we what is our temperament what is our location times vishesha dharma is all about this your duties your responsibility changes with your time space location your varna your ashrama everything if you are brahmana your duty is somebody different if you are kshatriya duty is completely different but if it is a case of emergency as an apadharma this is called then all the normal prescriptions goes out of the ball everything changes for example shaucha is one of the important dharma it is a common uh, samanya dharma but there is a vishesha aspect also there K- 
you have this very good example uh, in the mahabharata wherein i think i don't remember which uh, uh, rishi was it durvasa was it vishwamitra this is a famous story i think it was vishwamitra there is a great drought there is no food anywhere so he he was uh, starving for many months now and finally he say sees in the jungle a family having lot of dogs those family used to rear the dogs eat them and all but being vishwamitra being a brahmana because he had from kshatriya has attained the brahmana hood so he was brahmana now he cannot eat uh, dog meat it is prohibited to him as per the shastras but he goes and eats the meat the home owner says no no you are a brahmana you cannot eat it it's against your dharma why do you want to violate dharma he is giving a teaching to vishwamitra but vishwamitra says you don't understand the highest dharma is self protection if i survive today then tomorrow i can do prayaschitam prayaschitam means repentance uh, expiatory rites that whatever mistake i have done i can do tapas and rectify it but if i die today what dharma what adharma so because there is a emergency situation my normal rules of dharma do not apply so for the last 1000 years when you are in islamic colonization british uh, european colonization even today we are under a secular colonization we are living in a apart condition that is why you don't see we see so much uh, dharma is hardly there in the society in a few pockets few people trying to you know protect it as best they can so this is uh, so we need to understand that when you speak about sadhar sadharma there is a unique combination which is Uh, different from for different person but there is a combination of samani dharma and vishesha dharma and this combination changes in different situations in some situation the vishesha dharma trumps out samani dharma's concerns but in some situation samani dharma is most needed most important they are, they are the basic foundation because they are basic foundation which are eternal principles it is not that in satyuga truth was dharma and kaliyuga falsehood has become uh, dharma it is not that satya remains dharma in all ages irrespective of the fact that today to wade through the our life situations we may have to do uh, do falsehood in some situations that is needed fine that is inevitable but that does not make falsehood as a dharma it remains a dharma only as a absolute principle that remains a So swadharma means when Krishna says swadharmo nidhanam shreya para dharma bhayava. I may have got the verse a bit mistake uh, there. I don't have it in front of me. But basically, the, what the verse says is that it is better to die doing your swadharma, not to do somebody else. A soldier has to do his swadharma. He cannot say that no, no, no. I am. Uh, I have these shauca conditions. I cannot eat this or that. when i am uh, uh, going moving in uh, to attack the enemy you know you have to live you have to do you have to live according to your situations so it so swadharma is is that so there is ethical aspect but there is also other things uh, lot of things because we are living not in living in a jungle isolated from others 
because we are living in society and we have a certain role in a family uh, uh men have role as fathers as sons as uh, apart from professional roles also they similar women have roles as mothers daughters professional roles and then they both have husband wife role so so many roles so many duties so many responsibilities these all come under swadharma and uh life is so complicated you always ending up the choice is not black and white there is no one choice dharma go ahead do it and other choice adharma go ahead to do it that may be so even in treta yoga that was not there even though shri rama was a straight shooter he had the, that clarity he is the he is the personification of dharma but even then that uh, the today that clarity is not there it was not there even in the krishna's time krishna and uh, uh, bhima and arjuna had to devise a trick to bring down jarasandha they did not defeat him in a straight one to one war there is an interesting conversation in mahabharata where krishna clearly says look it is not possible to defeat, uh, defeat uh, jarasandha in the direct war he is too much strong we have to defeat him by deceit deceit tere ungli se ghee nahi nikli to tere ungli karna padta that is the way of today so we have to balance samanya dharma and vishesha dharma we need to have a very strong moral compass and a boundary but my boundary is will not be same as your boundary or anybody else that is why shastra is the very big guiding force because left to us we'll end up rationalizing and justifying all our actions that is a great problem because everybody justifies even a person who uh, takes a newborn baby a baby and throws it in the dustbin or on the railway track there are cases you can check check in the newspapers they will also justify their actions and give some or the other like we shouldn't end up doing that we should have the shastras as our basis take our acharyas and gurus as our guides and then try to see what we can and how we can do to the best of our ability there may be situations which is so difficult that 10 options in front of us all the 10 are adharma from a absolute uh, shastric perspective then we may have to choose one which is least adharma because shastra gave the widest possible uh, uh, interpretations but when we do actions then it is not so easy but having the knowledge of the shastra will help you to decide what is the better way to go ahead that is the goal of all this dharma shastras itihasa puranas all these stories that are told is to tell you how to contextualize teachings we find so many similar situations in this puranas if you read itihasa puranas mahabharata and all different people in a similar situation but their actions completely different they all acted in a different way when they were faced with similar situations so we can learn what to do and what not to do and what is in accordance with our temperament uh, temperaments what is not in accordance with our so this is a whole this appears complicated but when you engage unfortunately today everyone want to say i want to read veda i want to read veda you won't get anything by simply reading veda in translations what we need to actually concentrate is to read the itihasa puranas that is for all of us it is given for the whole society to guide us the rishis the vyasa maharshi has given it for kali yuga only 
we read it we understand it we reflect upon it then we will be able to live our life in a more richful more harmonious and more fulfilling way anyways most of the people today run away from the near term shastra itself they say only gita is bhagavad gita is hindu dharma and the end of the matter and that is an unfortunate consequences of last few decades gita is very important text it is a revelation of bhagwan krishna but it is not the be all and end all the middle beginning and the end of the sanatan dharma it is one sort of teaching which is very useful very important but not the only teaching so your explanation of samanya dharma and vishesh dharma brings me to a conclusion that you know in last few centuries or last few decades we have messed up with all these boundaries and we are so uprooted from our culture that today we are in a certain conditions when even if the indian army kills some terrorist across the borders we tend to human you know apply human rights there <laughs> so this is the unfortunate mess in which we have landed so uh, nitin ji moving on to next question uh, i'll uh, like to say that uh, you know uh, uh, one part of your book which i uh, you know absolutely loved was the rita satya and dharma correlation which you explain it's it's wonderfully explained there so will you please explain it once more dharma is the satya we practice through our actions where satya is the dharma in speech and rita is dharma and satya in our mental thought there is an alignment of thought speech and action in the individual context we can think it like that the rita the satya and dharma they have to be in alignment what we think what we intuitively know what is at the core of our being is rita and when that rita becomes expressed in our mental uh, in our speech in uh, the way we speak what we speak that is satya and when it is implemented in action that becomes dharma that is why the upanishads and all say dharma is satya satya is dharma satya paramo dharma is also said there is so many thing there is a uh, you know shankaracharya there is a bhradaranaka verse which says that you know that dharma which is expressed as conduct being practiced by people is satya satya is the fact of being in accordance with the scriptures so this is a very and the same thing when it is practiced is called dharma this is a very simple definition what is in accordance with shastras is satya and that which is in accordance with shastras is practiced in actions that becomes dharma and what the shastras speaks about is rita it is in accordance with the rita because shastra what is the role of shastra it is a pramana pramana means source of knowledge it is giving knowledge about the rita or dharma So these are all interlinked, interchangeable words. So that is why sometimes it leads to confusion. So I just want to say that we have just completed introduction, definition, and classification part of the book. We are yet uh, to come to the sources and samanya dharma elements common to everyone. So it's a very succinct book, but uh, it's it's wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, I highly recommend you all to read this. And so now we'll come to uh, the uh, you know samanya dharma elements common to everyone. So uh, Nitin ji. Uh, Uh, when you uh, refer to manusmriti uh, 
uh, wherein you say that uh, ahimsa is the most important tenet of a samanya dharma and uh, it should be practiced in action speech as well as mind so in action is understood to some extent but how should we practice in it in speech and mind okay wonderful question so basically um in the same manasmriti in the, i think 10th chapter i don't remember the exact chapter it speaks about different kinds of adharmas or papam or sin so to speak that we can do at the level of the body at the level of the mind and at the level of the speech one of them at the level of the body is of course doing violence doing injury to somebody else killing one or pestering somebody and all at the level of the my uh, speech left the speech speaking harshly speaking falsehood backbiting gossiping these are all adharma and at the level of mind even thinking about hurting somebody is adharma even thinking that i should bring somebody down he has gone ahead of me let me bring down or he has done me some wrong let me kill him let me do this let me rob him all these thoughts so when it is said that ahimsa should be practiced in all three levels it means that we have to restrain not only our actions that we, it is we should not only go and do injury to somebody in action but we should not also do injury through our words or in our mind also in the mind also we should be restraining we should be observant of our mind and see that our thoughts are pure our thoughts are not harmful because all actions have their roots in thoughts ultimately first comes the thoughts and then it actualizes into action most of the time we don't all of us don't end up become murderers and killers and uh, other things because we are too afraid we are cowards basically that is why we don't actually realize those thoughts but if we had power if somebody gets power to some or the other way then the real character will come forward is whether he is willing to do it what it needs or not in some context that is good thing but in many contexts that is not a good thing so basically it, it means that there must be as i said rita satya dharma there must be an alignment whatever you do there is and must be an alignment there must be no hypocrisy you cannot uh, go give a long speech on something and your action cannot be completely opposite to it so coming to our next question uh, nitin ji you uh, explain uh, can you please explain the importance of sacrificing animals in yagnas and how was it not a part of uh, hinsa okay a uh, very important question considering all the controversies going on uh, i would again start with the very basics how do we know something is dharma and something is adharma it is the shastras the most important of them is veda veda itself tells us ahimsa is uh, important uh, tenet of dharma that is why ahimsa is dharma but the same veda which tells us that ahimsa is dharma but also tells us that in the yagyas for example pashus are to be sacrificed there are certain yagyas where the pashus are sacrificed not in all yagyas very small number of yagyas there are there. for example ashwamedha yagya is there 
which the kings used to do lot of there is a particular bra branch of yagyas called as pashubandha which as the name stands it refers to the sacrifice as the pashu or animal if the veda on one hand says ahimsa is the dharma and other other hand is to in this yagya you have to do this both are vidhi both are prescriptions so you cannot say that this one is uh, correct and this one is wrong what is dharma is given by veda if it is saying that ahimsa is dharma that is dharma okay but if it is saying that yagya pashu is to be given that is also dharma so you cannot say that that is adharma so according to mimamsa principles the pashu issue becomes the sacrifice of animals in the ritualistic context becomes an exception to this rule yes ahimsa is a general dharma but there is an exception in this particular context you can sacrifice animals so this is again comes to that samanya dharma and vishesha dharma that i said there is a samanya dharma the general prescription of ahimsa but there are exceptions to that which is in the sphere of the vishesha dharma for example using violence in war using violence as punishment uh, by the king to control the unruly elements in the society using violence in self defense the manusmati and other dharmashastra text says even if you have to kill your guru which is the highest papa that is possible see this is kind of a uh, uh, metaphorical explanation not taken literally but even literally taken it means that if, if the guru comes to kill you you can use violence to self defense that is the basically it is saying so all these are exceptions you can consider to the general rule of ahimsa and you can also see it in this way some of the traditions uh, have argued it in this way that i uh, in because himsa is prescribed this uh, pashubali in the ritualistic context is prescribed in the shastras itself then it also becomes ahimsa only it is not himsa why because even there though the animal is appearing as if we are committing violence on that at a physical level in reality it is not being harmed because the animal sacrificed in a yagya or even in a temple according to tantra sampradaya given to a devi that animal attains higher birth in the next life it also attains swarga the uh, So that is the result of punyam so the animal gets punyam karmic merit so animal is not being hurt at the end of the day when you take the overall picture into account basically the thing as i keep repeating is in when we comes to religious practices when it comes to all this ritualistic practices shastra alone is our pramana we cannot decide or sit and decide upon saying no no this is human rights violation this is animal rights violation this is women's right violation because these issues do not come under their uh, scope of uh, scope if the tantra shastra for example in where uh, kalika purana and other uh, puranic and tantric texts which specifically devi herself says in the text that i need pashubali i need raktabali you see there is a difference in the vedic uh, path the flesh of the pashu is given in the yagya in the tantric path when the animal is sacrificed to devi it is the blood which is given the blood represents prana shakti the prana shakti of the life force of that animal which is given as a sacrifice to the deity 
and the deity herself says there are certain forms of deity see deities are not see all this human uh, justification generalization that we are superimposing on deity we have a common argument no no how can a god ask for a, a bali that is simply not possible god is all kind of goody goody mushy mushy see that is an abrahamic view of god that is not our view we have brahman ultimately who needs nothing but we also have deities devatas they have their own personality not like us they're completely different from us they are they function from a very different logic not our human logic and there are these are all certain cosmic processes which have to happen the way it happens only then you get the set result you cannot say that you cannot say that because of these 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 this my limited concerns i will manipulate with a ritual then the ritual will not give the root, uh, fruit that's all so if you want the ritual to give fruit then you have to follow the shastric way that is what the shastra reveals do this ritual in this way then you get this fruit so in cert- there are certain temples with certain deities certain ugra devatas especially shastra uh, shakta deities who require pashubali that is how it has to be there in one way or the other and that has a positive consequence not only for human society but also for the animal uh, in the consideration she is mother she is mother of everybody including that animal it is not that she will somehow uh, see if we only if you reduce the whole religion into mere superstition and the whole religious activity as merely uh, a primitive humans attempt at understanding the uh, world when we had no science only then you have problem to all this uh, rituals because you are not considering rituals as techniques by when uh, which has particular result you are considering it a superstitious belief which has no result so you are then saying that no no we should not do this do that and all you are reducing religion to some kind of abrahamic faith just as a belief as everything we believe in some kind of bhagwan who is all mushy mushy everything is over so visceral lack of ignorance derootedness from our own culture which has and 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 a great lot of propaganda in done in the last 200 years that has resulted in this misunderstandings about the rituals so nikhil ji uh, uh, here you said that uh, uh, you know uh, it's important uh, you know you'll bear some fruits if you uh, sacrifice uh, animals in your so i just wanted to ask i don't uh, know how relevant is this question but uh, is there is there any negative effect if we don't uh, sacrifice them see it depends on the context and uh, this if there is a certain deity who requires a sacrifice then she has to be given otherwise there will be negative effect but there are certain rituals wherein there are alternatives ways of doing it also so that has been already adapted you in many places but it is also important to know that alternative is not same as the actual there is a change in the nature of the results that comes right the actual gives one kind of result alternatives may give a similar kind of result but it is not the same and as far as negative result is considered if a certain shastra is saying certain things have to be done in a certain way and if you are violating that then of course there will be negative result 
because this is different from using alternatives see when we speak about alternatives the shastra itself gives alternatives but there are certain conditions there are no alternatives when the actually is possible then if you are deliberately taking upon alternative then also it is wrong now you have a choice i don't like pashubali i do not need to do it nobody is forcing anybody to do it nobody is forcing nobody is telling it every house had to uh, sacrifice a animal once a year nobody is doing our dharma does not work like that we are a tailor made civilization different people with different temperaments different practices different customs different communities different practices just as it is wrong to say that everybody has to do pashubali to the deity it is also wrong to stop those communities those temples those uh, rituals wherein the pashubali is happening to socially and politically and legally intervene and stop those practices both are wrong both are ethically wrong and both are dharmically wrong and both have serious consequences as well there will always be consequences no matter what your actions even if a shopkeeper gives you 1 rupee change extra and you do not you know you realize that he has given you 1 rupee change extra and you do not give it back that is faulty there is a karmic consequences even as such a small action as that because that comes under theya theya means stealing you are not literally stealing but you you are taking because theya is not just stealing it is also taking what does not rightfully belong to you if a shopkeeper is supposed to give you 5 rupees change that means you have to take 5 rupees change if he has given you 6 rupees change by mistake then you have to return one right it doesn't matter shop uh, shopkeeper is a thuggy and he is a uh, corrupt person he is actually charging overcharging you that is his karma not yours so we, have, we have to have this perspective Yes. yes and what what if uh, you know someone uh, say i go to a shop and by mistake i take uh, one or two rupees extra so will it also add to my karmic account or what should i do with that money then when i realize that it's my see, mistake see see again a, a hypothetical and interesting question see there are two ways of you can do actions intentionally or unintentionally and both have their own consequences consequences always there in offer all actions right now if you have taken 1 rupee back by mistake it was mistake it will still have a karmic result but it will be very less compared to what it is when you deliberately not return now if you have taken back that you realize that after some time you can go back and give it that money right that is always an option but if you choose to not do it then that is your choice and that choice has a consequence now in the other case you don't know there my my many times you happens we don't even know that we have committed something that is unintentional we don't even uh, know those are all minor things there will be minor consequences that is why we do sadhana see there are sadhana when we take sankalpa when you do puja then the sankalpa there is a part portion in the sanskrit you read ma durita kshaya dwara ಪರಮೇಶ್ವರ ಪ್ರೀತ್ಯರ್ಥ ಮಮೋಪಾತ ಸಮಸ್ತ ದುರಿತಕ್ಷಯದವರ ತಮಸ್ತ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಆಲ್ ದುರಿತಕ್ಷಯದವರ ಕ್ಷಯ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ರಿಮೂವಲ್ ದುರಿತ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಪಾಪಂ ಆಲ್ ದ ಇಂಟೆನ್ಷನ್ ಅನ್ಇಂಟೆನ್ಷನಲ್ ಮೈನರ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಮೆನಿ ಆಫ್ ದ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ದಟ್ ವಿ ಡೂ ಎವ್ರಿ ಡೇ ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ ಫ್ರೀ ಮೀ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಆಲ್ ದ ಕಾನ್ಸಿಕ್ವೆನ್ಸಸ್ ರಾಂಗ್ ಕಾನ್ಸಿಕ್ವೆನ್ಸಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದಟ್ ಸಿ ವಿ ವಿ ಕೆನಾಟ್ ಲಿವ್ ಎ ಲೈಫ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಡೂಯಿಂಗ್ ಹಂಡ್ರೆ
it is not possible take over the simple example kitchen when you cook cooking results in deaths of certain my, my, uh, lot of microorganisms there is a himsa right but you cannot simply stay away without cooking i will not eat appa i will live by only air you can't do that so we have to do what we have to do to serve but that does not mean that cooking uh, the killing of that animals as uh, so that uh, microorganisms does not generate any karmic consequences it does however minute it is it does and when you do sadhana these things become removed you become free of all these things which you even you don't realize that you have committed for example agriculture it involves lot of uh, violence you we don't realize agriculture is violent you literally kills so many plants right that has a jiva but paid varna we have to do it but the point is the magnitude of karmic consequences differs in different situations for example you grow something and uh, you eat food the the vegetarian food it involves less magnitude of adharma because the jiva in the plants is in a very unmanifest state uh, it is in a very uh, involved state but it is in a more manifested in the case of animals because you know it can move it can make voice you know it can it is in a more movable thing movable entity so the jiva is in a more attached state more it can feel more pain so the karmic consequences attached to it is more but you still have to do if you have to survive for example you go into a, some iceland or some antarctica and you cannot say that i will eat only uh, uh, idli vada or sambar or something like that right you have to eat fish on whatever is available there the point i'm telling is it, everything is changes from context to context in some context some things which are adharma and other context becomes dharma but there will always be karmic consequences which is very difficult to pinpoint ishwara alone is the one who knows all our karmas and he can give you give us proper fruits of this karma all our karmas produce what is called as apurva an invisible force the fruits are there in the invisible format it is there in our causal body we have three kinds of bodies the physical the subtle and the causal karana sharira it is called as the name stands it is the cause of our birth it gives us this body the ishwara decides look now it's time for you to take birth in, in this house to this parents whether you are born as a rich with a golden spoon or you are born as a beggar with no food for uh, one week it's all based on your past karmas that does not mean that you have no say that does not mean that it is all about fate and nothing the correct understanding of karma is yes our past karmas the fruits of it we faced it in this life the people we meet the situations we are faced in is a result of that but we have a choice we have a free will that is also karma the how we make a choice in this life decides our future results the how our future life will be how our future in this life itself will be so there is it is not that there is everything is destiny i have no control i have a control karma is about control the choice is there we always have choice sometimes there may be only two choices sometimes there may be 10 choices sometimes we may not be able to take that choice which is the most correct one 
but that is on us because we are not do not have the samarthyam or strength to face the consequences of that correct choice because that may be too difficult for us but there are other nine choices which are wrong but different magnitudes of wrong a, a good example i'll give you is abortion is a controversial topic the shastras are very clear the abortion is adharma it is just like a brahmahatya abortion is adharma there is no two questions about but consider this there is a there was a news uh, uh, in uh, some way i just there is a video being circulated recently uh, mother uh, a mother who fought with her husband she recorded some video wherein she is beating her child mercilessly with and he is hospitalized he is i don't know whether he is dead or alive this video is going on for the last few days in the social media i don't know whether the audience has seen it or not it is horrible it is a 2 3 minutes video you can't watch it it's merciless she is not fit to be a mother and there are so many people who throw their child after birth thinking whatever reasons that could be they throw it on the railway platforms throw it on the railway tracks throw it in the dustbins that uh, the dogs have killed and eaten is that adharma is it is those adharma not worse than doing abortion because if you are doing abortion before your uh, three or fourth month of pregnancy that the jiva has not even identified with this uh, physical fetus it is there but it is not identified i have written it on this in a detail uh, uh, in a, on abortion series of articles there the adharma is less if you don't want a child please abort instead of being uh, a villainous a murderous a demonic entity in the name of parents and killing your children after giving birth like that so there is relativity there are different choices some abortion is not dharma i repeat again but killing the child by after they are born by beating the hell out of them or throwing into a dustbin is a much bad choice even for that person who is doing that choice that has a more serious consequences of karma and more pain for that be little bit child has she or she has just come into this life so painful so horrible so that this is a extreme example but this applies to all our life actions because as i said there is no white and black there is a whole shades of gray in our life when we make options when we make choices and it is ours we do not always have strength to make the whitest choice possible we may have to compromise and do the best possible thing try to avoid the darkest of the choices at least because ultimately it doesn't matter what other says what society says karmic consequences we have to each individual has to face i am stressing this again and again i think i might have uh, used this term 50 times now karmic consequences this needs to be kept in mind it doesn't matter the whole society does not know you are corrupt but your conscience knows the one who is in your heart the purusha he knows or she knows and you will get the consequences of it no matter how many lives you will have to take birth you will take birth again and again and again it doesn't matter you may not take birth as a human all the lives please be assured read my book isha upanishad 
the latest one have given a elaborate account especially from the purana puranas that human birth not is not easy if you are doing adharma you may take birth as a insect as well the upanishad says that you may take birth as a animal as well if you and in fact the manusmriti says if you have done adharma through speech we spoke about speech right and i mentioned about falsehood and other things then if the magnitude of that adharma with speech is so high that you may be born as animal what is the most important character of an animal it cannot speak it tries to speak but it has very difficulty to get out a sound but it is not able to speak that is a pain and suffering that the jiva in the form of animal is facing so manusmriti says if you do this kind of uh, adharma by speech then you will you can end up in that form of life in your next birth if you are doing adharma by body by your actions to extreme extent see most of us live a balanced life we done some adharma we do some dharma there is a balanced life so we get human birth but if you are doing so much adharma in the through body itself so much it's unforgivable then you may be born as a tree or a plant as well you won't even have be able to move your limbs because you have done adharma by your limbs by your hands and legs and everything you will be punished like that and when you do your adharma by manasika from the mind then when you get the human birth you will be always facing sorrow suffering mental suffering even if you become a very rich person you'll still be have tension one way or the other way rich people are not highly super rich people are not without tension they always have some tension so many pay, uh, money is there what if we all will lose all of them right that is the greatest tension there so that tension is also result of the papas you did in the past a truly rich is one who is without any tension who is truly free and that is only a sanyasi a real sanyasi not dogi kind real sanyasi he is truly free and that could be a householder also because sanyasa need not be a renunciate even a householder like krishna stayed in this in the life he was tita pragya nothing affected him when he played raslila he played raslila when he want to when he left vrindavana he left it forever he never came back that was his tita pragya so this is the fact we have to understand what shastra really reveals is truth it is reality there is no questions there is no uh, things about uh, no no what this this does not apply today we have see there are aspects of shastra which refer to the practical aspect society has changed the practical aspect has to be contextualized and interpreted accordingly but the essence of the teachings remains and because essence of dharma is eternal as i gave the example satya cannot be something in satyayuga satya is uh, dharma in kali yuga it is adharma it is not past 